0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of LambdaTest XP series. Through XP series, we dive into the world of insights, innovation, featuring renowned industry experts and business leaders in the testing and QA ecosystem. I'm Harshit Paul, your host and the director of product marketing at LambdaTest, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to today's XP webinar session on end-to-end test automation with ProVar. And with me, I have Zach from ProVar. Uh, Zach brings with him almost seven years of experience, not just working in software development and quality teams, but being a solution provider as well. He takes immense pride in assisting organizations, both big and small, to deliver top-notch software solutions. He's not just a tech enthusiast, he's a well-rounded individual with passion for numbers and innovation. Zach, how about you introduce yourself to the audience as well? And it's a pleasure to have you, of course.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Rashid, for the introduction. Um, As Rashid mentioned, my name is Zach Taylor. I do have around seven years of experience in the industry. I've been in QA for quite a while. I've been in the Salesforce ecosystem for nearly five years now. Uh, I started out in a, a technical capacity and found myself in the solution engineering side, being able to deliver quality solutions to people, have those conversations while also being able to have that, that technical expertise. So again, thank you very much and, and really happy to be here.
0: Thanks for being here, Zach. And with that said, let's set the stage for what lies ahead. We are going to deep dive into uh, performing to end test automation with the help of Provar. And Zach is going to be the one uh, sharing the stage from here on. So Zach, uh, you can probably go ahead from here on. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so much. I'll get my screen shared here. and We can go ahead and jump right into it. All right. Uh, is, are the slides visible?
0: Yes, I can see it. crystal clear.
1: Wonderful. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump right into it. Um, just kind of give a little conversation about who Provar is, um, what we've been doing in the industry and kind of how we, we've got to where we are today. Um, so who is Provar? So we've been the leader in Salesforce testing since 2014. Uh, we've been around for nearly a decade. We've been thought leaders in the industry. Uh, And we're pretty well-known for being a Salesforce-first testing solution. However, we are able to reliably test full end-to-end scenarios that involve various web applications, APIs, databases, email services, and more. We do have a global presence with offices in the U.S., U.K., and India, and we have over 250 customers worldwide as well. Uh, I did want to start this off by briefly explaining some of the differences and nuances when it comes to testing Salesforce as compared to, to testing generic solutions. Um, and then to kind of further expound on that, what we've noticed, the challenges we faced, how we've overcome them within the Salesforce environments, and then how we further expanded that to, to more broad automation testing. Uh, but to get started, some of you may or may not know, but Salesforce does do releases roughly three times per year. Uh, these can consist of multiple UI changes. In some instances, they can be rather wide sweeping, and you may not get a lot of information on, on when they're actually going to, to hit, your, hit your sandboxes. This can be quite frustrating to uh quality assurance teams in particular because i i I like to dub it as effectively burning a candle at both ends not only do you have to deal with uh, the development work that your development team is is working on you also have to again deal with the releases changes that salesforce is pushing out as well Uh, to help kind of combat that provar has introduced a metadata driven approach to testing salesforce and we also have a very close relationship with salesforce uh, and their roadmap. So anytime Salesforce comes out with releases, we immediately come out with releases as well that minimally impact or negate uh, any of those changes that Salesforce makes that allows your, your users to in QAs to effectively test um, your development work rather than Salesforce's. Uh, additionally, Salesforce's are very complicated and deep DOM. Uh, they have dynamically changing IDs that are changed every time the page is re-rendered. Uh, they have a lot of different page layouts based on the profiles and permission sets that you're testing against. And this is, again, caused quite a challenge, uh, especially when it comes to generic testing solutions. So again, leveraging that that metadata-driven approach to testing, um, being able to enhance that further to ensure that you have a declarative approach to, to testing Salesforce and handling this complicated DOM. Uh, Salesforce also introduced uh, the Shadow DOM, their custom implementation of it. Um, Shatter root and Shadow DOM elements have been quite difficult to penetrate. Uh, in order to help uh, facilitate testing in this environment, we, we created what we a proprietary locator technology called Provar X that allows us to penetrate those Shatter root and Shadow DOM elements with standard XPath notation. Uh, additionally, there's a lot of uh, com- brittle and nested frames within Salesforce. It makes it very difficult to traverse. If any of you have, have done uh, test automation in the past, I'm sure you're aware of just how painful iframes are for auto navigation, um, switching into and out of them to ensure your your elements are, are being interacted with correctly. Uh, Provar again, has a declarative approach to building test cases. We'll leverage our test builder solution uh, to, again, declaratively build out tests, um, auto detect things like iframes and shadow roots to, again, ensure that you're the, our end users are gonna have a very seamless process for, for building this out rather than getting bogged down um, with, all the, with all the nuances. Um, Salesforce also has a very nuanced environment when it comes to strategy, when it comes to um, environment strategies. Uh, they offer a, a, a wide range of different testing platforms from scratch orgs that are spun up, code, code, code and testing deployed on and then broke down to things like sandboxes, production environments, developer environments, et cetera. Uh, To ensure that we don't have to duplicate our tests across different environments, we came up with a a very nice way to uh, override environments within our particular test cases. This allows us to use the same test cases, parameterize the connection, and point that towards different orgs and environments. Um, So this way, we don't have to have mirrored test cases for every single node that we're we're testing against. All right. Uh, So all of this leads into all of these issues and nuances and challenges lead into what we like to call the rework spider. Um, so the rework spiral is, just as an example, you, you have a suite of automated test cases, they've been running fine, uh, something has caused them to break. So the process to fix that is looking at the logs, executing the test case again, maybe to make sure the logs are correct, um, verifying what broke, fixing it, rerunning the test case, and then rinsing and repeating that process until you successfully get a passing. Uh, while this works, this isn't necessarily effective. There's a lot of time, effort and maintenance involved in continually re-executing these test cases. And as you scale, uh, more coverage is, of course, going to mean more rework on top of that. Um, so, again, what we've kind of noticed is that eventually uh, some of our clients will reach what I like to dub critical masses within their, sale, within their testing, uh, where they come to realize that they're spending more time refactoring and, and editing their test cases than they are getting value and results out of them. And at that point, you kind of have to ask yourself, what is, what is the point of automation if you're spending more time fixing it than running it? Uh, Some of the customers that we've had have come to us have reported over an 88% test reduction in test maintenance time uh, within testing Salesforce after adopting us in a a few months. So again, lots of power behind that rework spiral, um, leveraging our our test builder solution as a declarative approach to building test cases, allows us to not only pause, stop, rewind, and edit on the fly in those sessions, uh, but also gives us real time feedback that the locators and actions we're using are are gonna pass. And And I'll show this a bit in the demonstration later, um, but being able to step backwards, step forwards, edit test cases, and re-execute has saved our clients a significant amount of time in, in authoring and editing.
0: Yeah, this looks pretty interesting, and I'm pretty sure, you know, something, uh, this might be something that you get asked pretty often, is that how can you extend these capabilities, uh, you know, in case of custom applications? Uh, how can Provar be using uh, unique tech stacks or custom applications?
1: Yeah, so, so great question. So we have a number of different locator methodologies um, based on the objects and elements we're interacting with. Um, I've mentioned Salesforce made metadata a couple of times in this. Um, so within Salesforce, again, we leverage that metadata API to allow us to have robust test cases that aren't reliant on that DOM structure. Um, outside of Salesforce or for highly customized components where we don't necessarily have metadata information, uh, we've been utilizing the page object model uh, that a number of other solutions have had. Um, And I'll actually just kind of jump to my next slide here to kind of talk about that that ProVar difference. Um, So, again, we've covered the main portion of that, which is metadata-driven testing. Uh, Once we get the page object models, these have been working just fine for a while. Um, Again, using that Selenium page object model approach to build out these test cases and be reliant on the DOM. Uh, Again, we've leveraged our ProVar X locator technology to help us penetrate shadow root and shadow DOM elements. Uh, but we've further expanded that um, in the past year to develop a component-driven framework that's much more robust, reusable, and resilient than the standard uh, page object model. Uh, So the benefits of being component-driven is it's much more granular than the page objects. So again, if you have components, a same component that appears on multiple different pages, you can map that component on a singular page and Provar and Builder will be able to detect that that component appears elsewhere. So you don't have to waste time remapping the same steps that you would have.
0: That makes sense. Actually, um, you know, I see that uh, you've also mentioned about Selenium with XPath, and that, uh, you know, brings a very uh, commonly asked question, uh, is that how ProWars is able to enhance the field locator strategy? You know, how how does it enable framework to extend beyond Salesforce testing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so again, you know, our baseline was that page object model. Um, And again, that's effectively the gold standard. It's what a lot of other frameworks have been using. Um, But really, to extend that is is really leaning into our our Nitro X and and fact based framework that is component driven. So, again, being able to identify specific components that aren't tied to particular pages gives you a lot more versatility when testing, um, a lot less time having to map elements that you've already mapped on previous pages, and allows you to, again, extend that framework significantly farther. Additionally, uh, within fact, you do have the ability to, you know, variableize, parameterize different inputs. Uh, Really, there's a you know, the, the world is your oyster, so to speak, as far as what we can do to to extend Nitro X in, in that regard. So. I'm adjusting. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent questions, though. Uh, I am going to jump to the next slide here. Uh, and this is really just a feature slide. We've talked a lot about UI testing, how we handle the DOM and some of the changes that we have run it to. Uh, but some of, other, the, some of the other things that we've seen in the industry that have come up quite a bit. Uh, is MFA and SSO support. Um, So again, we do provide the ability to connect to your applications via SSO. Uh, We also have the ability to handle uh, multi-factor authentication. And if your organization needs to do both of those simultaneously for your test environments, uh, we easily provide that as well. Uh, I've touched on environment switching as well. And again, while this is initially started out as being specific to Salesforce, being able to toggle across different production environments, reuse those same test cases so you don't effectively have to reinvent the wheel or, again, maintain those test cases repeatedly. Uh, ProVar also offers what we call auto-navigation for apps and tabs. Um, So, again, this is an easy way to automatically navigate to a particular URL um, or if you have an ID of an object in Salesforce to automatically navigate to that record detail page. Um, So, again, this is a really easy way to just save you test steps in your test test authoring to ensure you don't have to, say, search for an element or search for... Excuse me, search for an item in a list and then click it. We can just immediately navigate there to to test the meat and potatoes of what you really want to test. Uh, Integrations testing is another big one. Uh, While we are a Salesforce first testing solution, uh, we we do understand that uh, there are a lot of moving pieces outside of Salesforce that we also need to validate, right? You know, maybe we have an external CRM that we're feeding data into our Salesforce org. We need to validate that at every stage of the process. Uh, maybe there's some form submissions that come in that generate leads, or maybe there's some external API calls that have been iffy in our code. We provide the ability to, to test the full breadth of integrations testing. Um, if it has an open API endpoint, we'll be able to connect to it. Uh, and anything that renders in a modern web browser, we'll be able to build a UI test case for uh, finally, I did just kind of want to touch on email testing as well. Um, email testing has come up quite a bit, especially for things like marketing campaigns, ensuring that those emails are, are hitting the appropriate recipients as well as the appropriate subjects as well. So again, we can test that as also via either via the UI or the API.
0: Yeah, that, you know, all things testing makes you want to wonder how you want to make it a part of your CICD pipelines to you, right? So how do you ensure that ProR is a part of preferred every, uh, you know, uh, DevOps engineer. So how do you integrate these into CICD pipelines, help with version control? How does that work with ProA?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we actually have a direct integration with Git uh, from our desktop client. So you can push, pull, commit, uh, collaborate as needed. Uh, We also have, you know, all of our test cases are files on your local machine. So if you use another version control system outside of Git, we fully support that as well. Um, So once you have everything checked into a version control system for collaboration, uh, we do offer a number of different options for continuous testing. I really just like to show this slide to say that no matter what your flavor of CI-CD is, ProVart will be able to effectively enmesh themselves in your your day-to-day operations. Um, This is by no means a comprehensive list. These are just some of the the larger
0: players that that we've
1: seen in the industry.
0: They do say image is worth a thousand words. I, I believe this slide does a lot of talking here for that, yes. So goes to show the entire 360 picture that you've taken into consideration while making sure that ProVar is well-knitted in CI-CD and DevOps landscape here. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. We, we really just want to ensure that no matter what flavor of CI-CD you're using, we'll be able to effectively add value. Um, and if you're just starting your test automation journey, we have a number of in-house experts that will be willing to give advice on particular systems, um, as well as, again, just ensure ensure that you get everything you need to know is to get started on the right foot with, with test automation. All right. Um, so with that being said, uh, that's the, the kind of the end of the slideshow. Slide uh, we're going to jump into the, the uh, interactive portion of the demonstration now uh, to just really give you a, a high-level overview of what I'm going to show. Um, I do have an end-to-end flow prepared that we'll kind of cover at the end. Um, I did want to take some time to show how we can handle API interactions out, inside and outside of Salesforce, um, how we grab those values, make assertions, etc., uh, before finally ending on how we handle um, Nitro X components, um, that component-based architecture, and some of the value that that, that adds. All right, um, so now that we've kind of transitioned into the interactive portion of the demonstration, uh, I really just wanted to give you a, a lay of the land in our in our application uh, before we jump into to building test cases here. Um, so again, we do have the options for a number of different screen types. Uh, we can plug these into things like Sauce Labs, Browser Stack, as well as Lambda Test. Number of different resolutions for emulations. We also offer a number of um, a number of different browser options. Um, as we're building our test cases, this will be done in Chrome. Uh, but once you're executing in them, you can execute them in any major browser you would like. Uh, we also offer a Chrome headless option again for for easy execution without actually rendering the browser on your local machine. Uh, over here is the the project structure that we have. Again, uh, there's a few options for things like templates. We can add additional um, snippets of code. Uh, Within that is our test project, and we're going to be focusing on that for the, the majority of the, the demonstration today. Um, but to get started, uh, we start with the connection to anything uh, with what we, again, effectively just dub connections, right? So whether that's a connection to your Salesforce org, to an external API, um, to a Gmail account, what have you, um, that's, that's effectively where we're going to begin. Um, so I have a few of these already prepped out, um, so I'm just going to edit them really quickly so we can kind of see what that looks like. Uh, we'll be using this demo or connection a little bit later. Uh, But really, we just choose the appropriate connection type here. Um, Again, uh, some connection types have additional options. As for Salesforce, we have options for communities and portals, as well as normal connections. We also have additional options for authentication. Uh, You can use the standard credential-based passwords. We also offer OAuth-based support. Uh, And as I mentioned in the slides, we do offer uh, MFA and SSO as well. Um, So again, very easy to do this in a declarative fashion. You just populate the username and password. You'll also notice I have some environments will override specified here. And again, this allows me to port my test cases from one environment to the other with, simple, with a simple toggle. Uh, additionally, we can test these connections to make sure that everything is valid. Uh, we get a nice successful connection there. Um, and because this is a Salesforce connection, we've now begun to establish um, metadata information and cache it. Uh, so over here in our org browser is actually where we can interact with all of this metadata. So if I select this account object, We can see all the records associated with it. Um, If I expand this, we can see all the metadata information as well, as well as custom fields. Uh, Again, very easy to interact with this. Um, We can actually interact with these elements from the org browser. Uh, We can make API calls in a declarative fashion here simply by dragging and dropping into our test case as well. Uh, So we're getting a lot of of power and versatility uh, with a metadata-driven approach to testing, especially within Salesforce. Uh, Additionally, we have some other options as well. Um, I'll cover this generic web service really briefly. So again, this is just an external um, API that we're going to be playing around with as well. Uh, Really, this is just grabs weather data from different cities across the world. So I've just appended that base URL as well as the authentication type so that we can go ahead and connect to that API as well. Um, All right. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and get started with, with building out a simple test case here. Um, so I'm going to click on this new test button. Um, we're going to name this our LWC test as we are going to be going into the, the Salesforce Dreamhouse app uh, and playing around with some some lightning web components. Uh, so we'll again choose a test folder here. Uh, I'll actually expand this to the webinar that we're doing. We'll drop this in the Dreamhouse app just so we have everything nice and tidy. Uh, and then we need to choose that application or choose that connection, uh, which we already have specified for the demo org. and then finally we just need to choose a Salesforce application to load into. Again, this is all harvested from the the user metadata information here. Um, So again, these are going to be specific to to your organ and user profile. Um, So once we have that application selected, we'll click Finish. Uh, So one of the first things you're going to notice over here is that Test Builder is now doing its thing. Uh, It's pretty appropriately named. It's what we're going to be using to build out our test cases. Um, So just let me drag this uh, modal over here. So once we get loaded into our Salesforce org, we're going to notice that we're automatically logged into this Dreamhouse app. So again, we've already skipped a couple steps in Salesforce as compared to to other generic testing solutions that would have to log in, search from this in this list and make that selection. Whereas we're automatically logged in and we're ready to to begin testing. Um, So if I actually wanted to go over here uh, and say create a contact, again, we would click on this contacts tab. There's no need for me to map that. Because of our metadata driven approach to testing Salesforce, we automatically know we'll be on this page before we perform any interactions against it. So to map any elements, and this goes, this holds true for anything, whether it's you know inside of Salesforce, outside of Salesforce, Lightning Web Component, um, you know, Node.js, what have you, uh, we can right-click and add to test case on those elements and we'll pull in all of the information available for it. So Within Salesforce, we know this is a Salesforce layout. We know we're on the contact homepage. We know we're on the new. We know we're interacting with that new contact button, and we have that visual confirmation in the browser. Um, again, just a just for a sanity check there. And then there's also some interaction types intelligence that we use as well. Because it's a button, nine times out of ten, we're, we're probably going to click it. Uh, but again, very easy to change this in a declarative fashion if we wanted to say assert visibility of this button for a particular user. Uh, So again, I haven't made any modifications to this. All of that information was pulled in with a single right click and add to test case. So now we're ready to select add and do. Uh, So once I select add and do here, we'll see the test steps be populated. You'll notice that refresh in the browser. That's part of our auto navigation to have us land on this contacts tab before we perform those interactions. Uh, And as we can see here, we do get that real time feedback that our test steps are working. Uh, we do have the ability to pause, rewind, step backwards, step forwards. Uh, we can also edit this test step on the fly in that same session. Uh, so again, when I was talking about the rework spiral and building, executing, fixing, reprints and repeat, we can do all of that in the same session in a very easy fashion. So again, you're not having to set breakpoints, debug, and everything. We would just simply step backwards and step forwards. Um, so I'm just going to walk through these uh, again. These are pretty straightforward. Again, all of this metadata information is populated when we click that new button. Uh, we'll select add and do there. And again, uh, we'll see these on-screen steps and then the nested action steps beneath it. Uh, this is the basic structure uh, for our UI-based flows. So and again, those action steps correspond to, again, that particular on-screen page. All right, uh, so for here, I'll just populate the required fields rather quickly. Um, so I'll just use my last name here. And then I'll actually use Content Assist. So this is just a pre-built library of functions that you can reference and add to. Uh, One of the ones I use quite a bit is this unique identifier function. It just allows us to append a alphanumeric unique ID to give some data variance to to our test data. Um, So I'll select add and do there. Uh, We can watch that get instantiated here, uh, and then we can move on to our next required field. Uh, So here we have a lookup field. Uh, So we'll right click, add to test case there. Uh, This, we do handle lookup fields in Salesforce in a very seamless map fashion. Uh, So I can tell that there is a Barton media value there. So once I select add and do, we'll not only populate this lookup field, we'll also make a selection from it if there is an exact string. So again, thinking about less moving pieces or things that are less likely to break, uh, in a generic setting, in a generic testing setting, you would have to populate these values, understand the list that's returned, and then make a selection from a list. Whereas ProVar, you populate your text and, and you set and forget, so to speak. Um, so, again, a lot of these are just other uh, other UI-based fields. Um, I'm not going to spend too terribly much time on that. just want to right-click, add to test case on the Save button as well. Uh, we can also take some screenshots here if we wanted to see what that looks like. Uh, one other thing to call out with screenshots is that um, even if you don't have these options toggled, ProRaw will automatically take a screenshot of the browser if there is a failure in your test execution. Uh, in, in the QA space, a picture really is worth a thousand words, and, and having that visual aid for debugging is, is immensely helpful. Um, so at this point, you know, we've created a very simple contact record here. We maybe want to do some some data validation within this. Um, let's, uh, let's assert that we have the appropriate account name set. So again, we'll navigate to that tab. You'll notice that I clicked that manually. Once we right-click and add a test case, again, it understands that this is a flexi component page. So it's different than the standard metadata mappings, but we're able to handle it. Um, Additionally, we have a number of options for assertions here. So again, we could assert, you know, field specific error messages. We could assert the label of this particular field. Um, We can grab values as well as particular attributes. Um, And the attributes I really like to show again, like visibility is a great one, right? Some users and permission sets may have fields that are visible only to them. Uh, You want to be able to test that effectively. So again, a very easy series of checkboxes and radio buttons for a declarative approach to test automation. Uh, And everything we've seen here can also be parameterized. We have the ability to read from um, test sheets to make things data-driven, much more extendable as well. Again, for the purpose of this demonstration, we're just going to do some some statically coded values. So we'll just uh, do extract and assert value here. And then I I also wanted to tie, and I'll do this rather quickly when I hit add and do, but there is some predictive intelligence um, based on fields and interactions. So I clicked on this related tab here. To effectively prove that our auto navigation will work. So once we know we need to make assertions on that details tab, we're actually intelligent enough to know that if we're not there, we need to navigate there. So again, compared to other generic testing solutions that would simply fail if the locator wasn't present, we have underlying uh, an underlying understanding of the architecture in Salesforce to ensure that our clients have a, a seamless declarative approach to it. Um, So again, basically everything I've shown you at this point has been metadata driven. And again, that's in in relation to Salesforce. Um, I did want to really briefly uh, look at some Lightning Web Component mappings as well. Um, So I'm going to navigate to this Property Explorer tab. Um, So this entire Property Explorer page is a um, Lightning Web Component. Uh, Within this particular filter uh, is is another component as well. Uh, So we'll right-click and add to test case here and kind of see what those uh, component-based architecture framework gives us. Um, so again, if we look over here in Test border now, we're able to determine that this is a Nitro X component. It's a lightning card, meaning that these cards can have multiple different cards in the, the deck, so to speak, to cycle through. So again, if we, if we had an accordion style, we would be able to, inter- to determine which specific card we're interacting with. Um, additionally, this is this filter card here. And then if we actually step up one more, we can see that property filter component um, that, again, encompasses the entire lightning web component object. Um, so, again, it's very declarative here to, to handle. Um, again, if we wanted to edit this, we could. Uh, it's not necessary because this is, um, again, just a demo project. Um, but if we wanted to use adaptive locators, again, we could specify this to a particular DOM element, or we could, again, uh, hard code some XPath if, if we so choose. Um, again, I think the adaptive locators are, are much more resilient, and that's the method that I'm going to go with here. So I'll just search for San Francisco in there. Uh, we'll select Add and New to that. To be able to, to, to populate these values, and again, just kind of coming back to Lightning Web Components, they're they're generally heavily nested within Shadow Root and Shadow DOM elements, uh, which is again, as I as I mentioned in the slides, quite tricky just to just to be able to, to interact with. Uh, and I'll just choose a slider option here as well. Um, so again, we're going to right click on that slider, select Add to Test Case. Uh, Then we actually have a nice little UI here. So, again, if we wanted it to, you know, we don't want to buy a house more than half a million dollars, again, very easy to set that in a a declarative fashion. Uh, The whole goal for us testing Salesforce is, again, to build test cases the same way a manual tester would test them. Um, That gives you more time, effort, and energy to do exploratory testing rather than refactoring and and maintaining a, a code base. All right. Um, So again, just really wanted to tie on that component-based architecture kind of show how we handle metadata mappings within Salesforce. Uh, So I'm going to click Resume a few times here to to finish this test case. When we're in Test Builder, it's it's waiting for us to add additional test steps, so I'm just letting it know that that we're finished. Uh, As you can see here, we do have this successful report. Uh, We can see the screenshot artifacts here from when I clicked the screenshot of that same button. Um, There's the screenshot before, and and there's the, the screenshot after. Um, so we've covered UI based flows here. Um, I really did want to pivot and kind of talk about how we handle API interactions, um, both inside and, and outside of, of Salesforce. Um, so within Salesforce here, instead of actually creating this contact um, contact via the UI, uh, we could also make an API call to, to spin up that contact if uh, if that's not necessarily the meat and potatoes of what we want to test. Uh, within Salesforce, it's it's very it's trivial. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised when I came to Provar from from uh, my former Selenium frameworks. Um, making API calls in Salesforce is as simple as dragging and dropping the object you want to interact with into your test case. So at this point, we could write a SQL query. Um, for those of you that aren't um, Salesforce savvy, it's SQL that's effectively SQLite. Um, But if we wanted to, you know, make an API creation step to create this record, we could select that option. We have a very nice option of of choose fields modal, which, again, is just a series of of checkboxes to populate the fields that we want in the API call. Uh, At this point, again, we would populate those values and we have that resulting object ID and boom, we've successfully created a contact via the API in a declarative fashion. Now, external APIs require uh, a little bit more tact. It's not quite drag and drop, um, but again, still pretty straightforward to do. Uh, Again, just going to edit this connection really quickly. We have this base URL as well as that uh, API authentication key. Uh, So again, pretty straightforward to set up that connection. And then once we kind of transition into this, uh, unfortunately, this API required uh, the API key to be passed in every request. So I created a variable of that. Um, And then when we actually go into this web request here, I can pass in that API key as a variable. So we have, do have the ability to variableize um, URLs and things to make this a bit more dynamic. Uh, and again, to just kind of make these API calls, we can go in here to the test palette, which has a number of different UI um, data as well as design steps. Um, so if we wanted to, you know say, make another web request against this, we could just drag this into our test case, specify the appropriate API, and then which rest type we want to interact with. So I'll just remove that really quickly. Um, So I did a couple of things with this one. Um, So again, as I mentioned previously, this pulls weather data from particular cities. Um, So I grabbed uh, the weather data from my city, and I wrote it in a result variable for the Atlanta Current. Uh, I also grabbed uh, weather data from a few months ago and wrote that into a JSON file. So ProVar does have the ability to write to um, CSV, Excel, and JSON files, um, as well as read them. So again, being data-driven has provided a lot of value to our clients, a lot more resiliency within, within testing. Um, So once I have both of those, we'll kind of look at the different uh, variable structures there and then do some comparisons. So this one is essentially me asserting that the status code is, in fact, set to 200. We're getting the appropriate response that we want. Uh, The next one actually does a comparison between temperatures uh, between the two days. Uh, Of course, the temperatures aren't going to be the same today as they were a month from a month ago. So I actually added in an expected exception there to just get us to the final portion of our test case. So, again, we do have the ability to override particular failures if we're expecting them. Um, again, as out-of-the-box functionality. Uh, and then finally, the last thing I did with this is I did a comparison of the data that we pulled from the API and then comparing that to the weather within the, the JSON file. So I'll do a quick save here and run. Uh, so in addition to test builder modes, we also have run and debug modes. Uh, and then we also have a run, other, run under and option for remote executions as well. So I'll run this under debug mode just so we can see what that looks like in the report here. Um, as we can see, uh, we did have a failure at the very end. That was expected. Um, I am going to click at the very end here now uh, because we can actually go to our variables tab and view variable snapshots at different points in the test case. Uh, so I clicked at the very end, again, just so that we can view all of these variables. Uh, but again, we'll start with this Atlantic current, uh, which is, again, this result variable from the API. Uh, so again, we can see the status option here. So again, the status code gave us 200. We got an OK response. We only got one count, which makes sense because we were only pulling one city. And then within that data, uh, we have the array of, of, of values that were returned by this API call. Uh, and so again, the way that we would effectively traverse this tree, if I go to our assertion here. So if we wanted to assert this uh, the status of Atlanta current, it would be Atlanta dot status, dot status code. Um, so again, we're effectively following that tree hierarchy to, to reference those variables various test cases. Uh, and then the same thing with the JSON contents here. So these JSON contents are going to look re- effectively identical. We're pulling all of that data. There's just not the metadata information associated with the API call. Uh, and if we go over here, uh, we can actually look at these assertions. Uh, again, we can see that these temperatures were not equal. That's expected. We added an expected exception for that. Uh, the following list uh, was a failure. Um, and again, this is, again, because we're data, comparing data from different days. But as we can see, we were able to... To validate all of those particular list assertions as well. Uh, so again, pretty easy and pretty straightforward to make those API calls. From outside of Salesforce, they require a, a little bit more, but again, by by no means, um, by no means is, is it heavily code based. All right. Um, so we've kind of covered two two cases there. I really just wanted to show how we mapped um, UI based flows, how we handled um, API responses, but uh, before kind of uh, capping it out or, or ending with our end to end scenario. Um, so, I'll open up this verify lead and send email test case. Um, so, there's quite a few moving parts in this one. Uh, again, just as a high level, we're going to do a form submission at a Google Doc. Um, this Google Doc is going to send some information to our Salesforce org on the back end to effectively create a lead. So, in the same way we would get lead generation from a website, we're effectively mimicking that. Once we validate that that data in the org is, is set and correct, we will then take that information, send an email, uh, subscribe to that email inbox and then validate that the email we send has the appropriate headers, essentially to the appropriate recipients, etc. Um, so before we do that, again, just to kind of call out some of the architecture in the test case, we are reading some data from a value sheet. So again, we're just reading this Excel spreadsheet here that I'll open rather quickly. Again, pretty basic, just has some, some contact information for a user that we're going to mock up with dummy data. And then at this point, uh, we actually have this test test step, which is call the the complete contact us form. Now this looks like a test step, but this actually is a completely containerized test case within an existing test case. That's denoted by this particular icon here, and if we see those little down arrows there, that actually lets us know that we can reference this test case multiple times in other test cases. So again, if we wanted to call this test case again, it's as simple as dragging and dropping that completely containerized test case into our new. Uh, additionally, if we double click this test case, this will actually open up to the test case itself so we can view all of those test steps as well. Um, you'll notice that we do have those parameters set. Um, so again, very easy to feed that data-driven testing into this uh, to populate that form. So once that form is completed, as I mentioned, we do go into Salesforce. Um, so I've written a very simple SQL query here uh, to grab this based on the source data, first name and last name. Uh, Then we use ProVar's auto-navigation feature to navigate directly to this record before we perform our assertions. Uh, Finally, uh, once we perform those assertions in Salesforce, uh, we call this uh, send and receive email callable test case as well, again, passing in that dynamic data. To effectively send an email, we'll subscribe to that inbox, we'll wait some time for it, and then we'll effectively use a wait for method to pull. Uh, So we'll effectively search to see if there's any new messages in the inbox before performing assertions against it. Uh, And then finally, we'll just assert that the the name is in there correctly. Again, very easy to to variabilize that as well. All right, Um, so let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, I'm gonna click this, uh, run this via test builder. We'll just give this a moment to load here. Um, So again, this is this contact form that we had, built out for demo purposes. Um, It's pretty vanilla, uh, but as you can see, it's uh, quite quick to map out these fields. Um, I did just want to really quickly talk about things that we have page object model support for. Um, So again, if we wanted to, or actually, let me step to this test case and edit it. We can right-click and edit here. Uh, Again, we can tell that this is a page object. If we wanted to edit uh, the particular locator, we have different locator options based on what's available on the DOM. Um, again, if this was a production-level uh, web page, we would probably look for a more specific locator, but as I mentioned, this is, this one is it's quite vanilla. Um, so once we've, we've made those changes or any modifications we want, we can click Save and Do, uh, again, before finishing out our test case. So again, we're still going to use right-click and add to test case to map these fields. Uh, there's just, again, a little bit more options for, for what we want to set within, uh, within these particular locators. Um, So, again, the form submission is pretty straightforward. Uh, The main purpose of that was, again, really just to just to get that data into Salesforce so we could show that that flow. Um, So now at this point, we've actually closed out of that connection. Now we're going to launch our Salesforce admin connection here to log into that org. Um, You may notice that we have multiple different connections to multiple different applications in the same test case. We can also intermingle UI and API interactions within the same test case as well. Um, So, again, there really is no limit to the to the functionality in that regard. So here is where we kind of combined our auto-navigations features. Uh, So now we're navigating to this lead page. We're gonna perform those basic assertions based on the uh, the data sheet, uh, again, before finally sending out that email. Uh, So I'll click resume once more. Uh, We'll actually send that, get the process of sending that email out. Um, And I'll drag uh, this inbox over. uh, So again, you can see I've done a little bit of testing here, um, but we should be able to see a, a new email being dumped in here as soon as we subscribe and send our message. And again, just doing a little bit of wait here. Um, when we were testing this, there were some latency latency issues when connecting to the org, so we just added a, a few waits before we send that message. Um, again, now we can see that that message has come in at nine o five, and now we're walking through the process of, of pulling our attempts to to ensure that that ensure that that message has effectively hit hit the inbox.
0: I have to say that the test scenario has been very well thought from your and Zach. Uh, goes to showcase different hops and things that need to be completed here in order to do the entire end-to-end scenario. And it's amazing to see how easy you know, it is with the test build functionality using the Provar. So pretty impressive so far.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, we, we really do pride ourselves on, on being declarative here. Um, so again, just kind of coming back to what we've been showing here, um, I'll kind of click to the very end of the test case so we can see what those snapshots are. Um, So we did all of these email validations via the the API. Um, Again, we we could have traversed the UI for this, but again, the API is is much easier to set up um, as well as reference. So uh, let me just kind of expand this. Um, So once we've established the subscription, we have a subscription name variable that we've dubbed sub. So within that sub message here, we have that status we can see the messages that have come back. Um, additionally, within that particular message, we can see you know, the body contents, who it was sent to, who is CC'd, um, as well as subject, et cetera. So really at the end of this, I did a quick assertion that this HTML uh, contained the, the name with a unique identifier that we, we copy-pasted in there. Um, so again, I uh, just wanted to kind of call that out as, as different ways that we can handle this and kind of cover that full end-to-end scenario as well.
0: Well, that looks interesting and uh, quite a detailed scenario covered. Uh, as easy as a breeze over there with the help of Test Builder, uh, which makes you want to wonder, uh, especially from my end, Zach. How would people want to, you know, run their test o- over a scalable infrastructure? Uh, say where Lambda test could come in. So, how do you integrate with Lambda tests, and uh, how could could you just keep it a part of the demo as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, once once we built our test cases, the important part is is, is running them effectively and getting those results right. Um, so, you know, based on the CI/CD slide that I showed uh, previously, again, there's there's a lot of information, a lot of autonomy in the the infrastructures that you'd like to connect to. Um, but again, we have been working with Lambda Test to provide um, scalable infrastructureless test execution in the cloud to again help facilitate uh, clients from from all walks of walks of life and different points in their automation journey to to get the most value out of that. Um, again, it's really straightforward. Uh, I've gone over here to our test settings tab uh, and under our browser providers. So we could just add a new browser provider. Uh, again, we could give that a particular name. Uh, then we choose the browser provider we want, uh, for example, LambdaTest, um, pass in the appropriate authentication methods, uh, and then we can actually do machine-specific testing as well as browser-specific testing. So again, you know maybe you know, you, I'm, I'm on a Mac so I'll choose a Mac here um, again we could choose particular browser versions as well as screen resolutions for things like emulation as well. Uh, we can also add in particular properties um, additional information if there's anything needed as well as environment specific variables uh, so again, very easy to set this up uh, from within the application and get those test cases running on a regu- regularly scheduled cadence and be able to get the results of that
0: perfect that 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 helps explain uh, this was especially important i Probably something for me to take back to the board and try to use this with this agent settings and uh, run, run some tests on ProVar from my end too. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll just really quickly bring up uh, the slideshow once more. Um, we do have some ProVar resources. If you guys are interested in learning a bit more about ProVar, uh, we do have a customer success portal for our clients. We also offer University of ProVar, which is uh, self-led uh, training courses that can help you get certified in their content. Uh, we also provide a, a healthy community forum for our clients to, to interact ask questions get provide feedback uh, as well as documentation links so if you guys are interested in that happy to, to share that with uh, the webinar information uh, and then finally I'll just kind of leave a, a thank you slide thank you guys so much um, here's my email uh, a little QR code with my LinkedIn if you guys would like to reach out um, and yeah uh, thank you so much for to Harshit and lambda test for, for hosting I'm very happy to, to be a part of this
0: Thanks for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule, Zach. It was great having you. And I, for sure, had a lot to learn from this episode of XP series and I'm pretty sure that the audience would be uh, feeling the same. So thank you so much for giving us an end-to-end deep dive in how ProR can help facilitate uh, test automation from uh, you know complete one end to the other. And thank you so much for everybody who joined us in. And uh, for more such an episodes in the future, stay tuned for XP series. And keep testing, explore the limitless possibilities in the world of technologies. Happy testing. Thank you.